0: spells. I seem to have lost my broom again. Good evening, everyone. It's your host, Melissa, at Strange, Deranged, Beyond Insane. So, I want to welcome myself back. I did take a little bit of a siesta. Summer got busy. And of course, the end of summer, we went on a huge motorcycle adventure. And I think we did about 2,500 miles. So, we started our trip through Canada, went to... Niagara Falls, from there we were in, um, where did we go, New York, Buffalo, New York, and then like Massachusetts, and then Jersey, and then um, West Virginia, and then we came home. Okay, but Massachusetts covered some areas there, so we're gonna start off with Salem. Of course, Salem was magical, whismical, um everything you can think of. However, I don't think you need more than a weekend to stay there. Even, I mean, we did mostly everything there in six hours. And the first thing we did was the Witch Museum, which on the second half of this episode, I will play for you the um first known mostly to all mankind when you think of Salem, the witch trials. However, they went on all around the world. But the the Salem witch trials are fun. The play was really cool. And, you know, we just explored, we got coffee. I got basic bitch pumpkin latte. Something had real pumpkin in it and espresso. So that was very helpful to, to walk. Uh, I think Paul got iced coffee. He liked his really cute shop. The shops there are amazing. Um, You're going to spend all your money, of course, because you're going to say, oh, this person, that person. You're going to think of all your friends, all your witchy bitchy friends. And then, of course, yourself buying stuff. So I knew I was going to spend a lot of money in Salem. And you know what? I'm glad that we did. We had a lot of fun. Then we got to see the Salem Mall, which is super, super fun. I mean, you talk about a trip to memory lane, like 1990s era. I was to say area era, um, very nostalgic. I got excited just thinking about it because it was like it was just such a blast from the past. Um, they have the Salem Cinema movie theater inside that just took me back to being a kid and you know my early teenage days. We didn't go see a movie there. Um, we were just happy to take pictures and walk around the mall. And then we got to see the bewitched statue. I may have gotten one or ten pictures of it and of course some selfies with it. Oh we went into like a gothic real dark shop. I forget what that one was called. That was fun. um let's see. I mean besides walking around and just you know taking in and let me tell you we went we got there September 1st at around like 3 30 p.m so not super early not super late and i could go into detail about everything that we didn't did when we were there but i would really just advise you to go for yourself it's um it's family oriented of course like you can take uh, you know kids there then you can go on a girls you know a bitch weekend a lot of fun i if you haven't been i recommend you going uh probably not in october Obviously that would be the most fun, but it's going to be super incredibly jam-packed. Like you're going to be like sardines walking on the street. In fact, I just watched some videos on TikTok with what this was yesterday, so it'd be October 7th. How jam-packed the streets were there. Like it, like insane. And also, if you're going to stay um in that general area for a weekend, I highly recommend you staying right outside of Salem. It would, you'd save you a lot of money. And I know people would say, well, get the experience, but you would get the experience just if you stayed five, 10 miles away. So can you guys, let's play the guessing game. Can you think of what my favorite part of, of Salem besides Hocus Pocus, which was really cool? We did not go inside the house. Um, it was, like I guess I was already busy then. And we didn't feel like walking around with a tour guide um, from the Hocus Pocus house. We did that. Well, that'll be another episode for the Lizzie Borden house. And that was cool. Also in Massachusetts. Um, But the Hocus Pocus house was like fucking awesome, right? It brought out my inner child and, um, you know, we looked through the windows a little bit. We got to see a little bit inside, but we walked on the front porch, a back porch. We seen the gardens. Those were beautiful. Got so many pictures. Um, they have a really pretty pond um, on the house grounds. That was very nice to see. But my favorite part was, of course, the cemetery. The cemetery was eerily satisfying, Very eerie. Um, We did not do the tour inside there because it's only um, certain parts of the day. Um, I'm sure they do night tours, walking tours closer to Halloween, but you can imagine why they have to have a tour guide with people at all times because people are assholes and they vandalize things, right? So there's no way that they would keep that open um, to public 24-7. Now, when you come across this um cemetery it is actually called the bear the barrier point i don't know why i had a hard time see i'm getting so excited talking about it um the burying point and the sign in the front basically just reads this ground the first place set apart in salem for the burial of the dead and since 1637 known as the burying point so it contains the graves of the governor and um, some other important people, and of course, witches or people that were accused of witchery. Like I said, I could go on and on and on and on. It's it's a really, it, it's got a little bit of like a Disney vibe mixed with an old vibe. So I'm from Michigan. So it reminded my husband and I of like being up north mixed in with some like Royal Oak, if you will, the city of Royal Oak, maybe a little bit of Mount Clemens too, I felt Um, very cool I would definitely recommend to go so the next part of this episode um, I am going to play the full witch trial play because it's a really good refresher and I just really want you guys to close your eyes and take this in and listen and try to paint a picture in your heads of what it would have been like in this time to be accused of witchery All right, well, that's all for this episode. Thank you. Welcome
1: to the famous Salem Witch Museum. We are going to show you the witchcraft trials which took place in Salem Village in 1692. Special life. of darkness. is the Putnam House, typical of its day, everything in it plain and practical. People then had little time for play. The men in summer worked at farming or fishing. In winter they mended fences or nets or went hunting in the woodlands for partridge or wild turkey. The women toiled the year-round at cooking, washing, scrubbing and sanding the floors, molding tallow candles to light the long winter nights. For young people, Especially girls, there was not much amusement. A girl like little Anne Putnam, having done her household duties, would not be encouraged to run and play, to meet boys, to be frivolous. The Puritan god forbade it. Trapped as they were in this somber adult world, it is not surprising that girls of the time became restless and resentful the hand of authority was so heavy upon them, they dared not express themselves, except sometimes in attacks of what we call hysteria, wild, destructive emotional outbursts. Anne had more reason than most for being disturbed. Her mother was an embittered woman whose sister had died in childbirth. Mrs. Putnam herself had had two children who had died and lately had started dreaming about her sister and her own dead babies. It seems that in her distraction, Mrs. Putnam considered turning away from her God and trying to contact the dead by forbidden against her. Nor could she have guessed that the terrible suspicions at first concentrated upon her would spread to involve so many, many others. The very fact that her circle met in the house of a minister made the girls all the more guilty about what they were doing. From playing at witchcraft, they would come to believe themselves bewitched and shortly be laying the blame for their condition upon others explosion was coming. One of the first to give way was Betty Paris, a frail, suggestible child, the daughter of the Reverend Paris himself. She began to fall into trance-like states, her eyes fixed, her body rigid. frighteningly acute, the Reverend Paris called in Dr. Griggs, a physician in the village. Dr. Griggs was at a loss. His simple medical knowledge told him the girl did not have fever or epilepsy or the usual forms of madness. What did she have? Whatever the malady was, dozens of other young girls would soon be catching it. Within a few days, Dr. Griggs would be making the same calls asking the same futile questions in houses all over Salem village. Betty, child, what afflicts thee? Betty, speak in God's name. Who has done this to thee? It began to seem to the villagers that they were seeing the devil's work. The girls were possessed. They twitched and spoke in tongues. It was not a case for medicine at all, said the doctor. The evil hand is upon them. It was for men of the church to discover who was responsible. The girls now began to be questioned night and day, the Reverend Paris himself taking the lead in these inquisitions. The sternest efforts were made to wring from them some hint as to who had bewitched them. It was not an easy task. At first the girls would not answer. They simply screamed and writhed or did blasphemous things involved Was afflicted, he turned her over his knee and spanked her, temporarily curing her. His outspokenness attracted the attention of the girls. His pregnant wife Elizabeth was soon accused and hailed into court as a witch. When he took the stand to defend her, he was denounced by one of the witnesses, Abigail Williams. By spectral evidence, she suddenly discovered that he it was coming true. The girls he had said will make devils of us. for being of the wrong race. It is perhaps no accident that the Salem witch persecution began with a woman who was black and that the devil himself at these trials was often referred to as the black man. Of all the twenty executed, the most piteous and stubbornly brave was Giles Corey. He was not blameless. He had believed in witches and even testified against his own wife He was then accused himself, under the law of those days, as he knew, to be a confessed witch meant to forfeit one's lands and one's fortune. Giles Cory determined to protect his heirs by never uttering a word in court. He was therefore condemned to the medieval torture of pressing, in which heavier and heavier weights were piled upon a man's chest. He either confessed or was crushed to death when his rib cage collapsed. Corey, a man of enormous strength, never gave in to his tormentors. Giles, Corey, Wilt thou not speak and say ye or nay in thy behalf?
2: <laughs> what sayest thou? Speak!